Hi everyone, it's your friendly neighborhood relationship coach, Jason. We are continuing our series on financial education. Today we are talking about financial advisors. I'm not gonna get into certifications because depending on where you live, unfortunately certifications can be very meaningful or how do I put this politely? Less so. So I'm gonna run you through some things that I tell my clients I am not a financial advisor, I am a coach, I work on relationships. Often financial stuff does come up, so I instruct my clients on very high level stuff. And one of the things I do tell them to do is to work with a financial advisor. I work with a financial advisor, I'll explain a bit of why I do. I do most of my investing on my own, but for a lot of people that is something that stresses them out. So I'll explain what I tell my clients to look for when they're looking for a financial advisor. Most important for your financial advisor is their level of knowledge. They need to understand investing. They need to understand your needs and goals. If you go to work with somebody who, when you ask them questions about investing, they can't answer simple questions like, well, what kind of, um, different items you offer for me to invest in or they don't ask you any questions about your needs and they just tell you a pat answer about what everyone should do you should probably look for someone else i'm resisting the urge to say run financial advisors should understand that there is not a cookie cutter solution for everybody when they are looking for help or advice from someone about their finances. So they should be curious. They should lead with curiosity. They should try to find out what your feelings are about risk and reward. They should have knowledge of mutual funds, ETFs, stocks, com companies, and industries that you can invest in. You are paying them either directly or out of your gains. They should provide a service. How this typically works with financial advisors is there's an amount that you pay to the company and out of that your advisor gets paid. So whenever you look at a mutual fund or whatever the person is trying to sell you, there is something there called a management fee. I've seen management fees go up to five, six percent. That's wild. Remember when we talked a few episodes ago about um, interest and compounding interest and how you want it to grow? If you think about it this way, if you want your investments to grow by at least 8% a year and someone shows you a fund that says that they're going to, the fund makes 8% a year and then they say that their fee is 6%, the next question out of my mouth would be, is that after I make my 8% or is that before I make my 8%? Unfortunately, I've seen some of these things where it's after you make your money. So understand some of these funds will advertise a lot of money. They'll say, oh yeah, we're gonna make you 15, 16%, but then the fee is so high that you're really only going to get 8%, which is okay if your goal is to get 8%. So you need to understand these people work for money. They should be working for your money and you should understand what you're paying, for, paying them. They should have a strategy. What is a strategy? The strategy, strategy should be their plan they should present a plan to you that gets you closer to your goal with dates, times, benchmarks, 
they should be the one who's telling you, hey, you need to put X amount of money aside from each check or monthly or however they're going to break it down for you to reach your goal because they were curious. They can't have a strategy for you if they weren't curious. If someone just says, oh, I just need you to send me X amount of money every month, you're going to make a lot of money. You're going to make a lot of money. That person is more than likely a scammer. And again, you should look for somebody else or as I like to say, run. Advocacy. These should not be yes people. An agent, um, an advisor, a coach, they're not supposed to be people to just go along with whatever you tell them to do. They should advocate for your goals. So when you tell them, my goal is A, B, C, I want these things in my life. If the things that you want in your life don't match the things that they, that you, they see you doing in your life, they should be the ones to tell you. If there is a gap between what you are doing and what you say you want to do, it's their job to take the licks and tell you that the things don't match up. They should not just be going along to get your money and investing the money and not coming to you and saying, hey, well, you say this is important. How do I, uh, examples. So if you say, oh, we really want to save money to buy a house, but when they look at your finances, you only want to put aside $100 a month they should be the ones to tell you, hey, I'm advocating for your dreams. I'm advocating for the things that you want in your life. And if you're going to do $100 a month at the rate that it's going to grow, whatever that is, it's going to take you 100 years to come up with the money to buy a house. In some markets, this is true. I know not everybody who listens to this is in the market I live in, but the reality is 100 bucks a month, 1200 bucks a year, if you think about it, um, in many major markets, that's just not going to work out. And your agent should be the one to come to you and tell you the truth about how things are going. They should follow up regularly. If someone has your money and they never ever check with you about how you feel about how things are going or um, show you how things have gone at least in the last year, they should send you things maybe once a quarter, if not monthly. Sometimes agents will send you things monthly. Your agent should know you well enough to follow up when things change in the market. So if someone's investing for you and you say, hey, I want to invest in the Asian market. I want to invest in the the Latin American market, the Central American market. I want to invest in different parts of the world. You need to be informed by your agent. If things are not going well, they should be saying to you, hey, I think we should move your money. Your agent should follow up with you. Your, Your advisor should follow up with you after milestones pass, even if they're a success. So say you're saving money because you want to buy a car and all of a sudden you reach that benchmark. Say you wanted to put $10,000 into a car, you reach $10,000. Your advisor should follow up and say, hey, that's really good. So what do you want to do now? Because you don't have to save this money anymore, but do you want to keep investing? What do you want to do? They should have that conversation with you. Other major things that happen, you have a kid or your kid finishes daycare age or your kid is going to go to college and you've been saving for that or they're done college. These are major changes in your life that change your finances. You should check in with them and there's things that they won't know unless you tell them. If you start making more money, if you start making less money, this is when you should talk to them. So any big personal change, they should follow up with you if they know about it. And you should follow up with them if they don't know about it because you might change your plan. Most importantly, 
Anybody who is working on your behalf as your advisor, agent, or coach, you have to trust them. If you do not trust them, it's going to stress you out about your money and you're going to be doing more than you should be doing. Now that said, we'll come back to what I said about I work with an advisor, but I don't work with an advisor for most of my money. So if you imagine my investments as a pyramid, the vast majority of my money I manage myself. So at the base of my pyramid, I'm a 50-year-old dude. I have money in ETFs that are making anything from 10% a year all the way up to 75% a year. Sounds wild, right? Not telling anybody what to invest in. It's not for everybody what I do, so I'm not getting into that. Now, I manage the mix of those investments to a place that I am comfortable and my partner is comfortable with them. Then there's the middle part where we invest in some great companies, companies that we think are going to do well, and that's a smaller portion of our investments. Most of them, as I said, are in ETFs, but there's a small portion that we invest in companies that we think are going to do well over the next 10 years mostly, then the smallest amount of our investments are into two things. Companies that we think are going to do well in the next year and are going to do what I would say, I would call popping. These are companies that I'm hoping will return an investment of at least 30% in the next year. That's not standard. And then the other half of the top of my pyramid is with an investor and it's really my just in case money. This person is supposed to manage the money and return to me 10% a year. That is all I ask of them because if something went wrong and I messed up all our investments, at least we would have the bit that's with the investor. That's how I use an advisor. Now, for a lot of people, they either don't have the time or the interest in learning as much about it investing as me and some of my friends have where they're willing, willing to learn and put in the time to invest their money. For people who are in that boat, I really encourage you not to say, oh, I'm just going to wait until I have the time to learn about investing to invest. On the one hand, I'm not saying you should just trust anybody with your money and I've given you a good breakdown of who you should trust and who you shouldn't trust and why. But once you meet these criteria, you want to start investing because you don't want your money sitting there not doing anything. We, we live in a, if you're in North America like me, you live in a capitalist society, you're going to get charged interest, you are losing money every day that your money doesn't make money because of something called inflation. Um, you have to understand that this concept is just a truth in our system. So if you have money, you want that money to gain interest just so you can keep up with inflation at least and hopefully so that you can make a little more than inflation. So when we talk about making 8% a year, you got to keep in mind, if inflation is 3 to 5% a year sometimes, the last few years is a great example of inflation being more than that. Think about it. If you're only getting a return of 8% and inflation is 5%, you're only 3% ahead of the market. That's why you want to make at least 8%. So if you're not able or interested in taking the time to invest your money, working with an advisor is the best way to go. Um, next time we'll talk about budgets and then I think we will wrap up this financial series and get back into some mainline re relationship stuff.
Thanks. I hope this helps and you have a great day.